When WWE had announced that they would be presenting their first ever all-women's pay-per-view, Evolution, the announcement was met with huge fanfare all over social media, pretty much everywhere. Even I applauded them for making the effort to do so. I mean, it's it's something different, especially with the so-called women's revolution taking place. This was definitely one for the books. Unfortunately, that feeling lasted, at least for me, only two days. Right away, they began to push the show down our throats as much as they do with the Roman Reigns initiative. Promo after promo. Superstar after superstar. The Miz. Daniel Bryan. AJ Styles. Stephanie McMahon. Triple H. Vince McMahon. The entire women's divisions on both Raw and SmackDown. Coming out and praising the pay-per-view. Something that their daughters and young girls around the world can look up to and say, Hey, this is a big deal for us. The problem with all of this, we're still over two months away from the show itself, and I'm already tired and disinterested in it. Not to mention that the main reason, at least in my opinion, and I'm sure a few others' opinions, we're only getting this pay-per-view because of the greatest Royal Rumble that happened in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, where the women weren't able to perform there. But as much as I would like to be more positive about evolution, unfortunately, it can't be denied that there are huge glaring problems in the women's divisions on both Raw and SmackDown Live. It looked as if it had a chance to make some waves with having Asuka winning the first ever Women's Royal Rumble, but we all know what happened with that. It looked as if they had a chance to begin what could have been the biggest women's feud of 2018 with Sasha Banks and Bayley, but we all know what happened with that as well. There are many more issues that I can easily give you. I mean, the whole Alexa Bliss and Carmella being the champions, current champions right now. Not booking Nia Jax to be a true force in the division. There's, there's so many problems with both sides as a whole. But then there wouldn't be a show to talk about it. With that being said, this is episode three of the Young Lions Perspective. Let us begin. What's going on, guys? Zach from the Wrestling Malicious Podcast here, and welcome to episode three of the Young Lions Perspective. I thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to check me out. And today on the docket, I'm calling this episode, The Evolution Will Be Televised, But Don't Believe the Hype. And the reason I'm calling it that is because, like I said in the open, I want to be more positive about WWE's first ever all-women's pay-per-view evolution. But given what we've been given so far in 2018, I don't feel as positive as I would like to. Especially knowing we have the Raw Women's Championship, SmackDown Live Women's Championship, the NXT Women's Championship, the finals of the Mae Young Classic, and if the rumors are true, the first ever Women's Tag Team Championships going down at the pay-per-view. But where I want to start is the booking of Asuka. Or should I say, the despicable booking of Asuka. Follow me on this journey, if you will. Asuka came in to NXT. Not a lot of people knew about her. But when she came in, she was looked at as a killer. Every person that they put in front of her She dominated. Think of the names that she had put in front of her. Ember Moon. Bailey. Peyton Royce. Billy Kay. Nikki Cross. I mean, and that match alone with Nikki Cross was one of the best matches I saw in 2017. 
probably one of the the best women's match of the year. But now, so they had her just tearing through. Undefeated streak. Every takeover they had, as long as she was champion, who was gonna who's gonna be the one to take her out? Who was going to be the one to beat Asuka? No one was ready for Asuka. Even to the point where unfortunately she was you know, she got an injury and couldn't compete and was forced to relinquish the title. Soon after, she comes up to the main roster, comes up to SmackDown Live. And my mind starts racing. I'm thinking, she's going to be the champion come WrestleMania. There's no two ways about it. I mean, at that point, I think she was a little past 800 days, at least 800, past 800 days as champion. And they were booking her as such, being a killer, dominant, beating everyone that was put in front of her. We get to the Royal Rumble. The first ever all-women's Royal Rumble. And she becomes the inaugural winner. And once again, my mind starts racing. I'm thinking, man, they're really going to push this lady. She's getting the the jetpack to the moon. They're going to have her. Beat Charlotte. And become the champion. And that would have been one of the, at that point, the storybook ending for that chapter. We get to WrestleMania. And they have her lose. They have her tap to Charlotte with the figure eight. Thus ending the streak. And any chance at this point of her being a dominant champion. You could say, oh, you know, they didn't want her to be champion because, you know, Charlotte Flair is one of their top stars and she's a flair and all that. You could say that if you want to. Me personally? And I'm not saying she's going to be buried. Because she's not. For her to be buried, she would have already lost to the first night out. They, they would have just said, screw it. And we're just going to have her lose first time out. How I see it, though, I don't think they were ready to pull that trigger. I mean, think about it. You had Charlotte, you know one of the top champions in the company and had that flair name and all that stuff. And I guess they weren't ready to pull that trigger. They were scared. Vince wasn't ready to pull that trigger. Unfortunately, they should have. They really should have. Because now look at what happened after that. Oscar loses to Charlotte. The following Tuesday, Carmella cashes in her money in the bank briefcase Beats Charlotte to become the new SmackDown Live Women's Champion. Carmella gets her rematch as the rematch against Charlotte at Backlash. Carmella beats Charlotte again. Paige then books a match for Money in the Bank for Asuka to face Carmella. And then my mind starts getting those thoughts again. Okay. Maybe they didn't want her to beat Flair. They didn't want her to beat Charlotte. But she's got to be Carmella. At this point, Carmella was a joke. And if you believe she truly is money, don't get your hopes up. I know you Carmella marks out there are going to be like, she's money. She's good in the ring. She could have promo. She gets heel heat. Not the kind of heat you want, my guy. Not the kind of heat you want. She has go-away heat. But... That's later in the program. So they have Asuka up against Carmella. Mind you, in Chicago. Man. And they have her lose to Carmella due to interference by none other than James Ellsworth. That no-chin son of a bitch. Make, and in the process, making her look like a complete idiot. So, they have her go to Extreme Rules. She gets a rematch against Carmella. This time, Ellsworth is suspended in a shark cage above the ring. 
the booking of that match was just as bad. Somehow, some way, Ellsworth gets out of the cage but gets his leg caught. They lower the cage just so they could help get him out. Asuka starts kicking the crap out of him. Forgetting that Carmella was the one that was supposed to be in, in the match. She just wanted to get revenge on Ellsworth. Out of nowhere, Carmella throws Asuka in the cage. One, two, three. And Asuka's now an afterthought. That's where we are now. Heading into SummerSlam, we're literally what? Look at my calendar right now. Ten days away. And Asuka's name is not on that card. Now, if people, now if you were smart in your booking, and I think a lot of people really had this in mind, and I had this in mind as well, Asuka should have won that title at WrestleMania. I picked Asuka to beat Charlotte at WrestleMania. Continue the dominance. There's no harm in having a dominant champion. Hmm, excuse me. You have, think about it this way, you have Brock Lesnar as the champion right now, passing the modern day record for longest championship in history. No matter what you say about that, he didn't break CM Punk's record. Different title, deal with it. But his reign is not dominant. Asuka's could have been and should have been just dominant. Like, think about it. You know, I, I understand, you know, they wanted to have Carmella, you know, be successful in her cash in and all that. But now, you know, looking back on it, I think WWE made a bad decision on that. Because look at what you could have had. You could have had, you know, Asuka Becky Lynch at SummerSlam. That could have been the the next big challenge for Asuka. Or you could have had Asuka Charlotte too. Which, which either way, who was the champion at the time, you could have had that. And that would have been a huge match. That would have been a really huge match. You could have had Asuka win the title there. Or having Asuka go be the champion walking into SummerSlam and facing Becky Lynch which in my mind was actually the better call. Asuka then, you know, if you were going to have Asuka win a title at Mania, you could have had her win a title at Money in the Bank. Mind you, Chicago, smart crowd. Kevin and Nick from the podcast can really back me up on this one. Do you honestly think they wanted to see Carmella retain the championship? I mean, yeah, Ellsworth got a pop. Not a good, I mean, not a good idea in my opinion. But he got a pop. But imagine Asuka Becky. Especially now how they've booked Becky the past couple of months. You know, gaining victory after victory. Becoming Becky Balboa, gunning for that championship. Look at what we got now. You have Carmella defending the championship versus Becky, Lynch, and Charlotte. Maybe, you know, this coming Tuesday on SmackDown, they'll have Asuka go against Carmella and have it become a fatal four-way. Who knows? But what we have right now versus what could have been, it's night and day, guys. And like I said before, I don't think Asuka's buried. Maybe, hopefully, they're gearing her up for a heel turn. There's, There's stories out there. Maybe they're gearing up Asuka for a heel turn. I don't know what they're doing in terms of that. But what I do know is Asuka should be should have been looked at as continuing the dominance she had from WrestleMania forward, retaining the championship at SummerSlam, going into Evolution as the SmackDown Live Women's Champion, retaining their Survivor Series, you know, they could have done a SmackDown Live versus Raw women's match. You know, she would have been the captain. She would have picked her, you know, her other competitors. Going into the Royal Rumble, continuing the dominance. And then finally dropping the title at WrestleMania. Could have been to a Kyrie Sane. Could have been to a Shayna Baszler. 
Could have been to somebody. But she's now looked in my eyes as an afterthought. A true afterthought. And that's hard for me to take in. As a person who's a big Oscar mark, and a person who really wants to see the women's divisions flourish. Say what you want. But Asuka deserves better than what she's been given. Sasha Banks and Bailey. The feud that could have been. I'm one for long-term booking if it's done right. But in terms of what how they've booked these two, they've done it all wrong. As I said in the open, this could have been the biggest women's feud of 2018. Across every brand, across every promotion, around the world. This should have been the top feud, women's feud-wise, on the, in WWE. I'm going to take you on a journey of what could have been. And then we'll go where we actually are and what we've actually been given. You could have started that feud at Elimination Chamber. Now, we know that Alexa Bliss did retain the Women's Championship in the Elimination Chamber. Her cutting that skate, her baby face turned heel promo with Sasha Banks on the outside destroyed because she couldn't get the job done once again. And a lot of people, I'm sure, have booked that idea and this idea in their heads. But what if Bailey had won the women's championship? Have it the same way, but instead just have a regular, a true babyface promo. Bailey is proud to be the Raw Women's Champion. And those two were the la- then the last two in the ring. Sasha's dis- beyond distraught. She can't believe she didn't get the job done. Fighting all this time, she couldn't win the title. It gets to the point where Sasha snaps and attacks Bailey, thus turning heel in the process. And that could have been your match for WrestleMania. A babyface Bailey versus a heel Sasha. NXT TakeOver Brooklyn all over again. And that classic match that they had against each other at the Barclays Center. A lot of people would have marked out for that because they wanted that. A lot of people, and including myself, I really wanted, I believe I had Bailey winning that match to set up the feud between Sasha and Bailey. Unfortunately, what we were given was Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax. And that was just one of those matches where no one really gave a shit. Nia Jax wins the title. Hooray. But think about what you could have gotten with Sasha Banks at Bailey in New Orleans. How much fun would that match have been if they let him go 15, 20 minutes? The same way you had him go at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn a couple years back. That would have been considered one of the matches of the night had they done it right. So over time... Sasha Banks and Bailey are involved in tag matches. After tag matches, singles matches where each one of them is in each other's corners. A few with the Riot Squad that made no fucking sense. At least it wasn't This Is Your Life from last year. How much of that was just terrible. But that's neither here nor there. The two of them are in therapy with Dr. Shelby. He was only there for a week. They're still in therapy the week after with a new doctor. And all of a sudden, they're friends again. And now from where we're standing, because I didn't watch the rest of Raw this past week, they're now a tag team known as the Boss and Hug Connection. They already have merch as well on www.shop.com. Are you fucking kidding me? That's where we went with those two. 
what they should have been doing is having this be the best feud of the year. You know, Bailey, you could add, you know, Sasha win the title at Mania. You know, have them feud for a couple of months. You know, Sasha takes on a couple other opponents. Bailey gets back into contention. You know, hell, you could have had Bailey win the women's money in the bank if you really wanted to fantasy book it. And then have her, but it would have made sense for a babyface to cash in on a heel, but hey, this is my world. You're living in it for a few minutes. You could have gone that route, but what is the main factor is that what the fuck were they doing? You had gold in your hands. You had the pieces in place. You just had to pull the trigger. As I said before with Asuka, all you had to do was pull the trigger with this feud. You could have had this go on for seven, eight, nine months. You know, going into Survivor Series, anything like that. You could have had them in Hell in a Cell because it would have been long-term booking. And it would have called for it. I hate you so much, I want to battle you in Hell in a Cell. The feud possibly could have ended at SummerSlam. If you had Sasha Banks win the women's title at Mania and let them feud for five, six months, that could have been the end of that chapter. Or just let them go Hell in a Cell and have the women's Hell in a Cell match, like I said before. You really could have, you really had something with these two. But now you're making them as a tag team. And as we head into Evolution, and since we already have the women's tag team championships more than likely in place, more than, to be truthfully honest, they're probably going to be the ones to be the first women's tag team championships. They're going to be the first to hold those belts. And honestly, it's not what we need from those two. A babyface Sasha is not needed right now. A babyface Bailey against a heel Sasha is just what we could have had. You know, them, I mean, just, just really looking at it like them being in therapy with Dr. Shelby, them hating each other, you know. Hell, even if you wanted to go, when Kurt Angle said, you know, if you two can't, you know, coexist as a team, you, I, one of you guys is going to leave SmackDown. Oh. Uh, Raw, I should say, and go to SmackDown. Hell, who wouldn't want to go there? Think of the talent. You you could have had a loser leaves Raw match for the Raw Women's Championship at SummerSlam. Think about that. Loser leaves Raw and you miss your chance on becoming the champion? Bailey finally getting her just due and beating Sasha in the process? And Sasha being forced to go over to SmackDown where you could have had, you know, Charlotte Sasha, Asuka Sasha, Becky Sasha. But maybe it would have been overkill. Who knows? But, you, you know, the my, my mind's flowing here, guys. Vince McMahon didn't get it. When you have those pieces in place... And you really don't do anything more than what we've been seeing over the past few months. People are starting to walk away from that. That's why I'm saying the evolution will be televised, but don't believe the hype. This is one of the reasons why. Because God forbid you actually give us good programming, mind you. You could have had some excellent matches, you know, Sasha and Ember during the feud. Could add a, you could have a lot of good things going on with this. But I think the biggest, and that's the biggest point, is that when you have a, a rivalry, the likes of these two, you can create magic. But what they did was create nonsense. And now heading into SummerSlam, these two aren't, aren't even the card. They're nowhere near this card right now. How crazy is that? That we're going into our the biggest so-called biggest party of the summer. And Sasha nor Bailey is gonna be on the card for the raw women's side. They're not even gonna be as much on the pre-show. 
Let me say that one more time. They're not even even going to be on the pre-show. Think about that. This is where we are with the women's division. And it's a shame, too, because I do like both of these ladies. But when you book them, when you've booked these two the way you've booked these two, it makes me not want to care. And the next topic I'm going to get into is going to further explain why I'm starting to give less of a fuck about the women's divisions. But we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get right back into the show. What's going on, y'all? Real quick, I just want to thank you guys so much for checking out the Young Lions perspective and giving the podcast a listen. I truly and greatly appreciate it. If you like what you're hearing so far, hey, don't hesitate to tell a friend and tell a friend about the show. Share the podcast on any social media platforms you may have, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, you know? Now, as far as upcoming shows go, the G1 Climax Final is going down this weekend, this Sunday to be exact. Uh, I know that the last eight block matches are going down tomorrow. We have the last B block matches going down on Saturday. And then, of course, the illustrious G1 Climax Final. And usually that show on Sunday is one of the best shows of the year. Definitely going to be top notch. You're going to see the best of the best. And I guarantee you the main event, the final match, is going to be one of the best matches of the year and a damn good candidate for match of the year itself. So that will be coming up. I will definitely have coverage on that and giving you guys my opinion on the shows itself. As far as next Friday goes, I know next weekend is SummerSlam weekend, and I will be giving you my NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4 and SummerSlam predictions. So look forward to that. I'm really excited to give you my opinion on those shows. Now, if you're not hearing me on the Anchor app, and why not? It's one hell of an app you can use for. You can check me out on iTunes. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Stitcher Radio. Any other platforms that want to take me on, I'll be sure to let you guys know what app I'm going to be on. Also, I'm also part of the crew with the Wrestling With Issues podcast. Nick, Kevin, Jay, and Clover, the five of us giving you an alternative perspective in the world of professional wrestling, and we're a crazy bunch. But you can check us out on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, SoundCloud, the mothership where it all began, and that good old pod bean fam. With that being said, let's get back to the show. Besides the championship feuds we have between Alexa Bliss and Ronda Rousey for the Raw side, and Carmella, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte for the SmackDown Live side. Here's the rest of the list that we have for the Raw and SmackDown Live women's divisions. Alicia Fox, Naomi, Dana Brooke, Mickey James, Ember Moon, Nia Jax, Sarah Logan, Liv Morgan, Natalia, Ruby Riot, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, Lana, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, Zelina Vega, Nikki Bella, Tamina, Asuka, Sasha Banks, and Bailey. That's a lot of possible contenders for both women's championships in the WWE. Yet, you hardly see Dana Brooke work a match. All she's doing is valeting for Titus Worldwide. I couldn't even tell you the last time I saw Mickey James, to be truthfully honest. Natalia's just being in the corner of Ronda Rousey. Billy Kay and Peyton Royce are getting boring chants and losing matches to Becky and Charlotte. I haven't seen Asuka do anything since Extreme Rules. And I know most people will say, you know, oh, you know, they don't have spots for everybody. Not everybody can be on the show. And you would be exactly right. But who's trying to fight to be the next contender for the championships? I don't think in the past couple of months, I've seen one woman say, I want to be next in line for the championship. Imagine the matches we could be having right now. 
the feuds we could be having to determine the next number one contender for, say, the Raw Women's Championship, since they have a longer show. I wouldn't mind seeing an Ember Moon Ruby Riot feud last for a month, you know? Her overcoming the Riot Squad and actually having the Riot Squad cause a riot. Invading in matches and just beating up the women. Then Ember Moon somehow defying the odds and actually beating Ruby Riot. Having, you know, an Asuka just take on Dana Brooke, for example. I'm just throwing names out there. I know most people don't like Dana Brooke because she's trash. But you could have certain feuds building towards the next top contender. Or at least, you know, the way that they did it for Becky Lynch. She pretty much went like two months, you know, getting victory after victory and getting a chance to vie for the championship. Things like that. There needs to be more competition within the divisions as a whole. And that's what's hurting the women's divisions, for the most part. It's one of the main reasons why I'm so hesitant about evolution. Sure, I'm, I'm sure they're going to put on a decent show. But when you have no contenders who are vying for the championship, or at least stating to the world that I'm going to be the next in line, I'm going to be the one to take down Alexa Bliss, or I'm going to be the one to take down Carmella, besides Becky. I haven't seen any of that. You know, the Riot Squad as a whole really hasn't done anything that's impressed me. And I just found out Ruby Riot came back, but I didn't really watch Raw because Raw was trash. I only watched it for an hour because it was that bad. You know, Sonya Deville, they could be building her up. They could be building a lot of these women up to vie for contendership, to be the one to face the champion next. And that's that hurts. And I don't think WWE Creative understands that. They're just putting on feuds to put on feuds. Who wouldn't want to see a nice little feud between Sasha Banks and Ember Moon? How crazy would that be? You know, or Natalia Ember Moon, or just something like that. And I know, for the most part, I'm talking about the Raw side because they have three-hour shows. But think about that. In a 16-segment show, what consists of the 16 segments? A majority of that is going to be, of course, the Roman Reigns Initiative. Why not take one or two of those segments and actually feature the women in a prominent light? You know, like I said before, build towards top contenders. Because if you don't have any top contenders to vie for the championship and be next in line, you're just going to have the champion walking around with a belt, i.e. Alexa Bliss and Carmella. I mean, come on. I can see people on YouTube who are, you know, playing 2K18 universe mode and utilizing the women better on a YouTube video than an actual real life. And that's insane to me. We And think about that. The Asuka Ember Moon feud. You know, how crazy was that? That was a dope feud in NXT. How dope would an Asuka-Becky Lynch feud be? Like I said in the prior segment. Think about how, you know, we, we could have been building towards Asuka Charlotte too, if that was the case, you know? I think ever since the Fox deal happened a few months back, WWE's gotten a lot more complacent in terms of, you know, putting on shows. It's like they're just on autopilot. And I have a strange feeling that they're going to be on autopilot until next October when the Fox deal finally kicks in. I think that's when they're actually going to start putting their best foot forward because they know they're going to have to get the garner the ratings on Friday night. Because if you ain't getting ratings on Fox, you might as well just cut cut ties now. And if I were the Fox executives, I'd be calling Vince McMahon and letting them know, hey, if you're going to have the show on our station, our channel, you better get your shit together. And as far as I go, I'm telling WWE, 
if you're going to have this evolution pay-per-view, you better start showing up and showing out. Start building feuds towards evolution. You have a, a little over two months to get your shit together for this pay-per-view. How crazy is that? Two months towards this all-women's pay-per-view. And I don't see any indication that they're actually wanting to build towards that show. If I'm wrong, let me know. But through my point of view and from what I've been seeing the past few weeks towards the build of SummerSlam, I've seen nothing. Nothing of substance. Shit, think about this. I don't even know if Mickey James is a heel or a face. Then again, I haven't even seen her on the show. I've seen Ember Moon take on Liv Morgan for the eighth millionth time. I saw the Riot Squad take on Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks four million times. Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, not prominent. What's the point? If you're not building towards who will be the next in line after these feuds for SummerSlam are over, then what are we doing here? What is your point? I I couldn't even tell you the last time I've seen Naomi on SmackDown Live, to be honest with you. Couldn't tell you. Going back to the boring chance for Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, they're not, you know, utilizing them properly. And that's the and that's another thing too. With the call-ups that you had. The Ember Moons, the Billy Kays, the Peyton Royce, the Oscars, the Ruby Riots. I haven't seen anything of substance. If anything, Logan, Morgan, Rose, and DeVille shouldn't even be on the main roster right now because they're still that green. And one other lady I forgot was Nikki Cross. We saw her the night that they had made the announcement for the pay-per-view on Raw. We haven't seen her yet, and I know a lot of people loved her insanity. Then again, Sanity's not on the show either, so what's the point? Give me something to look forward to. Help me invest in the women's product. Once again, the evolution will be televised, but I can't believe the hype if you're not giving me anything of substance to actually care about. I want to care. I really do. I know what I've been saying the past, you know, close to 10 minutes may have been, may be negative. But you got to give me something to work with here. Because like I said before, if you have no contenders to vie for the titles after SummerSlam, they're just going to be walking around with the belt. It's kind of like a help me help you thing. You know, the reason why I'm so negative about the product is because I want it to be better. I actually want the women's product to be much better than what we have right now. I mean, even with the Lana Zelina Vega match, that was actually decent. You know, maybe with the women's tag team division slowly coming up, hopefully, you know, that helps. But you gotta have contenders. You gotta have women who are gonna vie for the championships. And if you don't have that, then what do you got? In terms of the champions on Raw and SmackDown, you have Alexa Bliss holding the Raw Women's Championship and Carmella holding the SmackDown Live Women's title. There's nothing there. I mean, the silence I was giving you was just me just thinking to myself just how. How could these two, with all the talent surrounding them in both divisions on both brands, this is the best you have to offer. This is the best, the top-notch women on both brands in the women's division. Just look at the talent that's surrounding them. On the SmackDown Live side, you have Carmella holding the title, and you have Charlotte, Naomi. Asuka, Becky Lynch. And then on the Raw side, you have Sasha Banks, Bailey, Natalia, Nia Jax, Ember Moon, Ruby Riot. 
think about that for a second. Just take a couple seconds to think about that. With all the talent surrounding them as contenders to the championship, Alexa Bliss and Carmella are your current reigning and defending champions. Really. As much as I do, you know, like what Alexa Bliss does, and she can cut a promo, and she can talk her ass off. Case in point, her promo that she had at the Elimination Chamber. She murdered it. I have to take a sip of coffee. Alexa Bliss alone honestly did not need to win money in the bank. She didn't. I mean, I know the, I understand the reason why they had Alexa Bliss with money in the bank and then cash in in the Nia Jax Ronda Rousey match. They wanted a proper heel to go up against Rousey for SummerSlam. I think we all know that Rousey's going to take that title from her at SummerSlam. You know? But there hasn't been much for me to get behind with Bliss as of late. I see on Twitter all the time, she's a Barbie doll champion. She can't wrestle that well. And maybe as of late, she hasn't been able to. Maybe she's just, maybe she's a safe worker. Who knows? There could be a multitude of reasons as to why people hate Alexa Bliss. And if you do have any reasons as to why you don't like Alexa Bliss personally, you can hit me up on Twitter at Sway Center to WWI and let me know. And going over to Carmella, ever since she won the SmackDown Live Women's Championship the Tuesday after WrestleMania, she hasn't been close to being money. She hasn't. You can try to tell me and change my mind all you want about she, she gets heel heat. She's, she can work in the ring. All this, all that. There's nothing there for me to get behind with her either. I think she's only cut one decent promo since she's been champion. And that was the one she had with uh, Becky Lynch, where she actually showed some real goddamn emotion. How crazy is that? Ever since you've been champion, what was it, back in April? You only had one good promo? That's insane to me. Think about what happened with the Asuka feud. Dave Meltzer gave her a one-star rating. I believe that was the Extreme Rules match. You have one of the best talents in the company in Asuka losing to Carmella in a one-star match. If I were Carmella, I'd be embarrassed. That, or I probably wouldn't give a shit. You know, because I'm the champion and all that stuff, but... As a person looking from the outside in, that's horrible. When your champion only is able to produce a one-star match. (laughs) I mean, it's crazy. I mean, at Money in the Bank, you had Ellsworth, you know, interfere and make Asuka look like a bumbling idiot in order to gain the victory. At Extreme Rules... You had her beat Asuka because she was too busy kicking the crap out of Ellsworth. And you pushed her head into the shark cage. But now as we head into SummerSlam, I know a lot of people just wanted to drop the title. Me personally, I considered her a transition champion. I thought she was going to lose to Asuka at Money in the Bank. When you see our, when you see the, like I said before, when you see the talent surrounding you, when you see the champions that, that are there, it kind of makes you wonder, like, man, they could be so much better. This could be better. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that sometimes things don't work. She's, Carmelo's been champion for four months. Alexa's been champion for two. Close to two. 
I hope Vince McMahon is smart enough to realize that it's time for them to lose the titles, go to the back burner, and try to work their way back up and be better. Because as much as I do love the WWE, I'm always going to give them hell when they do something wrong. And with these two champions, they're doing a lot wrong and not enough right. Do what's right, Vince. Have them drop the titles in SummerSlam. Give them their rematches. Have them lose and make them wait their turn until the time is right for them to become champion again. Me personally... It should be a long while for Alexa Bliss to become champion again. And I do not want to see Carmella be SmackDown Live Women's Champion anytime soon. I'd say for the next 18 months to two years. The proof is in the pudding, guys. Week in and week out, we watch the, watch the shows. I dare you to tell me otherwise. I dare you to at me and tell me I'm wrong. The proof is there. You just got to actually take the casual lens off. Use your brain for more than five seconds. And realize that what we're seeing is trash. Nothing more, nothing less. Finally, I want to talk about the NXT women for a second. And why I believe they're the best women's division in WWE. At the top, you have Shayna Baszler, who, in my opinion, is one of the is the best heel in in all of WWE in terms of the women. You have Kyrie Sane, who's the number one contender for the championship. You have contenders like Candice LeRae, Bianca Belair. You have Dakota Kai, Lacey Evans, Dana Arcanti. Um, you have ladies from the NXT UK women's division now, names like Tony Storm, Ginny, Isla Dawn. You know, you have Tegan Knox, Charlie Morgan, Killer Kelly, Rhea Ripley, Vanessa Bourne. How is it at the best women's division in all of WWE is the developmental brand? It's crazy. They're doing what's right over there in in Orlando, Florida. Triple H has the has the right mindset in terms of building women's feuds, women's championship feuds on both their TV tapings and their NXT takeover shows. We're gonna be getting a quality match with Sane and Baszler. I know when Bianca Belair comes back, she's going to be killing it. I'm for certain she's probably going to be the next in line to take, take on the women's champion. Lacey Evans, she's definitely making a name for herself after the feud she had with Kyrie Sane. You know, Tony Storm, she was in the May Young Classic last year. She was in the Final Four. She's going to make a big head wave coming into 2018, for the rest of 2018. And I just thought about Io Shirai, who just signed with WWE and is going to be part of the Mae Young Classic. You know, names like Casey Cannizzaro, she's going to be part of the Mae Young Classic. I mean, you with these names coming in, there's going to be no shortage of talent being built for the future of the women's division WWE's main roster. And I'm, I'm going to love saying this next sentence. NXT's women shit all over the main roster women. I really haven't seen one bad word on my timeline in any of my social media saying, you know, oh, man, that match was terrible. You know, so-and-so, you know, had a bad match. I mean, there's a lot of people who don't watch the NXT brand. And then then there's the women who came up from NXT. They don't know who they are because they don't watch the, the programming. And that really shows that, you know, NXT is the better brand overall. But in terms of the women, they're killing it. I mean, I, I really haven't seen one women's matches of late that has really disappointed me. It's only going to get better now, now that we have the NXT UK brand. I mean, the women from, you know, ICW and Progress, you know, getting their shot. 
especially with, you know, the rivalry between Tony Storm and Ginny. Ginny actually taking the title from Tony Storm at one of their at one of their shows. You know, Killer Kelly's definitely going to be a name to be looking at. I saw her with the uh, UK Championship Tournament. She was killing it over there. Or and Charlie Morgan had a decent match. She had a match with uh, Tony Storm and Isla Don, I believe. Or it was it was either her, it was either Isla Don or Jenny. They had a triple threat match to determine who was going to be um, getting a shot at Baszler the next night. Tony Storm and Shayna Baszler had a damn good match. Ended in a count out, but it was a really good match. How crazy is that, that when we watch TakeOver Brooklyn 4 next Saturday night, I wouldn't be surprised if Baszler and Saint had match of the night. Or at least a definite candidate to be match of the night. It's insanity when you look at it. How somehow, some way, Triple H gets it right and Vince McMahon gets it so fucking wrong. And it's only going to make things worse for Vince once you see an Io Shirai start gaining traction. You know, when Vanessa Bourne starts getting, you know, her, her feet wet on the main event scene. When you start seeing the NXT UK ladies, once this taping start coming out, how much ass they're going to kick on that. Crazy when you think about it. But when you compare the two, there's actually no comparison. NXT women's division is the best women's division in WWE today. Get to prove me wrong? Go for it. Well, that's going to be it for the Young Lions Perspective Episode 3. I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day to check out the podcast. If you like what you heard, tell a friend to tell a friend and share this episode on all social media platforms, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you are on social media. Share this episode. Get the word out there. I am followable on Twitter at Suede Senator WWI and on Instagram at Suede underscore Senator underscore WWI. One last piece of information I want to get to you guys before I get the hell out of here is I got to eat and I got to get ready for work. Renee Young is going to be replacing Jonathan Coachman next Monday for Monday Night Raw and is becoming the first ever woman to be a commentator, joining Corey Graves and Michael Cole at the desk. I'm really excited to see how the dynamic works between the three of them, and I'm really hoping Renee Young and Corey Graves talk so much shit about Michael Cole to his face because he sucks and he fucking deserves it. Other than that, guys, check out the G1 Climax this weekend. I'm really excited to see how the final is going to go. I don't know who's going to be in the final. I really don't, and I'm really excited to check out the last three days of the tournament. Also, guys, be sure to check out my upcoming shows. Like I said, I will be covering the G1 Climax, and next Friday, I am covering takeover brooklyn and SummerSlam predictions until next time guys have a great weekend and i'll see you soon see you